Welcome to the Custom Apparel Startups Podcast, your best source for information, news, tips, and tricks to get you off the ground running and earn success with your custom apparel decorating business. So get ready to soak up some knowledge. Now, here are your hosts, Mark and Mark. Hey everyone, and welcome to episode 115 of the Custom Apparel Startups Podcast. My name is Mark Stevenson. And this is Mark Vila, and we're here today to talk about our 2019 recap. Uh, not our 2019 recap, really, but your, your 2019 n- recap. N- now, now, I'm going to add here the, the amazing tagline that I picked. Okay. That we're not sure we're going to use. <laughs> and that is finding the money for 2020. Okay. Just because it rhymes. And I'm not used to doing that kind of thing. Yeah, no, I, 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 uh, I dig it. I dig it. There was a section in, in the notes here, though, that, uh, that wasn't about money, though. So I don't think, are we going to have to cut that out? I don't know. We'll see. Let's talk about it, <laughs> and then we'll, we'll, then we'll get, find well, out. when we get there. Yeah. No. Um, so this uh, was a great idea from Mark Stevenson. Thank and you. he said, uh, you know, at the end of the year, some of the things that we do are we take a look at what, what we did, what worked, what didn't work. And just kind of have like that reset. And typically, um, a business will do that you know, every month or every week. And yep. then and you should do it again at the, at the end of every year. Yeah, just to get a total view. And we're not talking about, I want to I wanna make sure that everybody understands that we're not talking about what you remember happened mm-hmm. or what you think happened or what everyone else tells you you did well for the year. Yeah. You know, we, we really want to look at the, at the numbers involved over the year because you can make decisions on which jobs to take, which customers to love, which ones to hate, which ones to drop, what products work. You can make all of those decisions now for 2020, and you can really add a significant chunk of change to your business, and you'll probably be a little bit happier doing it. Yeah. And, you know, with that, it's like we've got a a good mixture of things to talk about here because it's kind of it's a bit of uh, taking those numbers and crashing them together with just who you want to be as a business and what you want to do, because they don't necessarily jive exactly even and even. You might have customers that make you a lot of money, but you hate doing that kind of work. Oh, yeah. You know? And so, I mean, there's people that I turn away all the time because I don't want to do business with, with yeah. them, you know, or do that kind of work. So yeah, my, that's it, a good point. You know, my uh, your personality probably, and, and a lot of people out there, most people, the job is to not uh, not make as much money as you possibly can before you die because then you would just work constantly yes. and only sleep the minimum amount and then work. Most people are looking for that which balance. Is not, which is not what I do. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so let's go ahead and get into some things. Um, so there are some simple metrics that are, are normally used to determine if a business is, be, is successful. Yeah, and you should be looking at this on a monthly basis as well as this big year-end thing, as Mark said. Yeah, so and the, the, the first them. one is, um, did you make more money or did revenues or sales grow? When we, we use sales and revenues interchangeably, it's how, what's your top line? How much money mm-hmm. did you take in last year? Are you doing better? Did you do better in 2019 than you did in 2018? Yeah, and that's that's just considered uh, kind of a, a healthy place to be in the business. Yep. In, in business period, no matter what you're doing. If you made a little bit more money or a lot more money than you did the year before, then your business is trending up, which means you're kind of in a nice, safe place. 
If uh, you are flat or made less, then you want to be concerned that your business is going down in the wrong direction, and it can only go down so far before it yeah. hits the bottom. And this really depends too on the life cycle that your business is in. If uh, if 2019 was year two. I hope you grew a lot. Yeah. Usually the first year you get things figured out, year two and year three you see some big growth, but as your business gets larger and larger, you know, maybe a 10 or a 12 or a 15% growth rate is great. Mm -hmm. You know, if yep. you're a million dollar business or better. Yeah, absolutely. So um, that's for one, just that's a basic thing you need to look at. Um, next one, your expenses and revenue are growing at a healthy rate together. Yeah, what do you so, mean by that? So um, if, rent's gone up a bunch for you mm -hmm. and the cost of your employees have gone up a bunch for you and all of the costs that you have to do business all have gone up say 10% but your revenues are only going up 5% or 2% yeah. flat then you then you have some health in your business that you need to fix that you need to fix you either yeah. need to bring in some more money or you need to bring down some of those costs yeah absolutely and i like number 3 here too and by the way you should be making notes writing these down or be prepared to download the uh, podcast notes mm -hmm. cuz you don't want to forget any of these um, you should have a mix of new and repeat customers i think yeah. that's a great point cuz i know with cold se both on the e-commerce and the machine side, a lot of you that have already bought equipment from us are now buying your second and third piece of equipment. Mm -hmm. And that's a large percentage of our business, and we we like that. We consider that a success mm -hmm. when that happens. Yeah, so, and this is something that's, um, this is one of those interesting things. Within this mix, you have to really consider what you sell and what your niche is, mm -hmm. and kind of make a determination what what uh, percentages are healthy for you. For example, if you're consistently doing um, bridal shower type of apparel, you know, like that's maybe a yes. niche that you work in where you're doing bridal showers and, uh, and bachelor parties and bachelorette parties and you're doing all types of personalization. Having the same customer come back to you five it'd or be six a little, times. It'd be a little depressing. <laughs> yeah, now, referrals <laughs> would be great. Other yeah. people in the party, that's fine, but those are technically new customers. Yeah, they're new, but, but if you want to look at it as like, well, when I throw a party, I'm getting two of those people become my customer. Yeah. You, know, you can look at that in a way of like a repeat customer. So, so just consider um, your business and what's a healthy number. That There's no true answer for that. Yeah, right? I, I will say though that if you are not getting new business, then you're probably not growing. Yeah. You've got to yeah. get some new customers in every month. You don't want to depend on your customers growing, and that's what's making you grow, Right. which is nice. Yep. It's nice to have a customer who's spending more money with you, Yeah. Um, but it would be even great if you were getting new customers in case that customer stops buying yeah, or, agreed. Or, or they start slowing down. Agreed. So, uh, so the next one is, do you have profits in the bank? Yeah. Now, profits, when we talk about it, uh, are leftover money after you're done paying all of your expenses. So mm -hmm. if you looked at 2019, where you're, you're almost done with the year or it just finished, and you look at your bank account and you have extra money there that you made in your business that you did not have to spend on mm -hmm. something, then that's profit, right? And I, I knew you'd love this one. I do. This one was for you. Thank you, I appreciate <laughs> um, that. But it's true. I love it too, and and all of and all of us should. If you're in business, you should be looking at taking a look at what kind of money is going into the bank. Um, did my profit total grow as well? Yeah. You, know, you might have finished last year and might not have had a lot of money in the bank for your business, 
couple thousand bucks or something maybe. Yeah. You know, you were a little scared. And then this year you ended up with $10,000 in the bank or 20 or whatever the number is. Yeah. I mean, it may be that um, this year your sales were flat. So let's say you normally do about $10,000 a month. Mm -hmm. um, and last year you ended up with nothing left over in the bank. Mm -hmm. And this year you do just a little bit more than that, but you end up with $10,000 yeah. in the bank. You know, that is health. That's a, that's a great way to run your business. And this would be um, similar to mentioned above. If that number is going up, very Good. healthy. If it's flat, no, you don't necessarily have to be worried yet. Yeah. Uh, if it's going down, then you need to you know, kind of retool your efforts. Absolutely. So, um, and then the last one, profit margins are high. And healthy for your business. Yeah, there's nothing. Um, there's nothing you can say bad about that. Yeah, there's yeah. Um, with the profit margins. Uh, this isn't one that there's no number that it, that is absolute for this. Right, but you should kind of maybe explain what a pro what profit margin is. Sure, sure. Well, um, I mean, we can go into a bunch of math, which we're not going to do that. You know, um, you know, your cost minus what the retail value was, and divide that by the cost again. You get yep. a margin percentage, and you you can never have a hundred percent profit margin. It right. just gets closer and closer and closer to a hundred. You know, ninety nine point nine nine. But that's not the definition we want to talk about. We want to talk about the actual. Um, I mean, really, the easier way to think to discuss it is just you're you're marking up items yeah. enough to have to be profitable, and you want to search for kind of uh, a healthy number for you. That might be 30%, 60%, whatever the number is for your business. And it, what it's going to depend on is your costs as well. Yeah. Because that's going to dip into how much it costs to run your business. You have to have a larger margin if it costs you more to run your business. So you can have a number for number four, profit. Yeah, I, I like that. So What do you think about that? Anything I, else you'd add? You know, the only thing I would say is that your your profit margins, you know, you know, are are not quite. There's a bunch of words around this, but the fundamental concept is how what percentage um, are you making on every on everything mm -hmm. that you spend on, on your cost of mm -hmm. goods. So if you spend five dollars on a shirt and you spend a dollar on ink for a DTG print, and you you spend you know and you and you make twelve dollars on the shirt, that's a great profit margin, right? Um, if you if you sell, if you make fourteen dollars a shirt, that's better. If you make sixteen dollars a shirt, that's yeah. better. So as those numbers go up, it's showing you the health of your business. Yeah. Okay. And and I think a great thing to do with this is um, just a separate exercise. Is uh, if you don't have a lot of knowledge on um, markups and margin and kind of some philosophy behind that. Yes. And some theory behind that, it's probably a good idea to just jump on Google, find some business. You know, weekly magazine or Forbes or something like that, Harvard Review, find some articles that describe the difference between margins and markups and yes. what it means to kind of have a healthy, have those in a healthy Or place. do like we do every single time okay. we Google what's a gross margin formula. Yeah. And then it comes up and there's a description. Yeah, you just find it from Calculator Soup and then you plug in all your numbers you and go. you get them. You know, I it's like easy. that. Um, otherwise, you're, you're hitting the calculator a bunch. Yep. So, um, all right, yeah. So let's move on to. Uh, this is my yeah. favorite part, and okay, that's that's good. the that's the recap of what happened last year. Yeah. And I like to like to take this um, in a couple of different ways because the exercise is to try to identify the best activities, the best mm -hmm. products and sales that you accomplished last year. 
because in over the year of a business, when we look back, you know, there are some sales and some items that were not particularly profitable um, mm -hmm. that we don't want to repeat. We don't mm -hmm. want to sell more of those, mm -hmm. right? And there are some, you know, maybe customers or some types of customers or some markets that were more of a challenge. So they were more expensive to do business with than others. So we, we don't want to emphasize those next year. So the, the steps that you want to take is to look at all of your jobs. And you're, you're going to need your QuickBooks or whatever you use for accounting mm -hmm. or keeping track of your money um, to figure out, first of all, um, what was the most profitable um, deal that you had? Mm -hmm. That's my, okay. that, that's what I would say. So, you know, you had one customer or two customers that really they were, they're just juicy deals. Like they, you, you made a lot of money on them. And, and you want to know that because those may be some of the next questions. Um, were those your most profitable customers to do business with? Mm -hmm. So the most profitable deal, most profitable product, you know, were they the most profitable products that you sell? You know, um, if your most profitable product is a digital heat effect printed t-shirt with an eight by 10, you know, design on it for um, kids wear, mm -hmm. then if that's your most profitable product and it was your most profitable deal, then that's somewhere you might want to focus for 2020. Because if you have a certain amount of marketing time next year or sales time next year, what's the best thing that you can do for your business if you're not increasing your activity? That's spending your time marketing and selling the stuff that you enjoy the most, that you make the most money on, you know, that you're happiest doing. Yeah. Right? That's, I think, just a, that's a great wrap up and introduction into this section yeah. right there. Because that's like, that's the whole theory behind it is you looked at those numbers on the top from a whole. And uh, that's something that you do on a spreadsheet. You look at your spreadsheet and you see profit and you see bank account numbers and you know yeah. you see how many customers you had. And these are all great to look at. And there are so many times where someone comes to me or you for a question and they'll ask one of these yeah. high level questions. But I know they're looking for something down here on this list. Yeah, right. And so, so part of what we do is to kind of help understand, you know, what people are asking for and what they want to know. And that's kind of where all this all comes from. So just like you said, the first thing you should do or what were some of the best jobs that you had? Yeah. And I think that what exercise could maybe be three or five or 10 or 20, you know, here, um, here, here, your business. Here, here's what we'll do is we'll mix in the 80-20 rule. Okay which is the Pareto principle. Mm -hmm. That's the fancy <laughs> yeah. way to say that. So when you look at, if you were able to sort all of your jobs by profitability, by, mm -hmm. by the amount of money that you made, um, what would be the top 20%? Mm -hmm. If you did 10 jobs, what were the two most profitable? Yep. If you do 100, what were the 20 most profitable? Yeah, that's okay? great. That's great. Um, and then the next thing kind of build up you know, on this list in regards to like best jobs. Yeah, Cause yeah, at yeah. first now we're just building a list. We've yep. got the list of the top, you know, whatever, 10 jobs you did that were the most profitable. What were the most enjoyable ones? Like job satisfaction, yeah. living the dream type of stuff. No numbers are here. Right, you know? but, but what you could do is on that spreadsheet, you could make a column that says, liked it. Yeah. <laughs> you know what I mean? And, and I would start with those top 10 or top 20 or top 50 or whatever mm -hmm. they were and mark which ones you really enjoy doing. Yeah. Now, if none of those fit that bill, then you've got a bigger problem. Well, yeah, and, and you can also, you know? there's something to be said about maybe you did some work for um, a, uh, 
charity. assisted living facility yeah. or yeah, charity yeah. or something like that. Maybe, and you loved it so much. It wasn't mm -hmm. on this profitable list, but it's something you loved. You could you turn that into your twenty twenty goals. Yeah, you, maybe you, it's a philanthropy thing. Your you've business. You've got to make that or, part of your business. Yeah. Right. Um, so you'll figure that out. And then the third thing, the list that I thought was important, were um, in regards to the best jobs you have. What were the job? What are the jobs that are most sustainable? So so do you mean like repeatable? Oh well, yeah, that, they're actually you're actually going to get it again. Okay. You know, so for example, I mean the. Uh, a show comes into town randomly, you know, uh, Cirque du Soleil sets yeah. up a tent in your city, right? And which they do here in Tampa. And uh, you got a contract to work with them and they paid you a ton of money yeah. for shirts that you that you've never charged that much or gotten that much before right and uh you talk to the person who's running it and they say we're probably not coming back here for at least five years yeah, yeah, yeah. is that sustainable right like you're probably not going to get that job again next year now now this also kind of applies differently to our customers that do the uh, you know do online custom t-shirts mm -hmm. somebody that's a series of people that just want you to print a shirt yeah so that that particular design or customer might not be sustainable, but maybe the category is. Yeah, and the just concept, look at the concept is. You yeah, know, you make funny uh, political shirts, and sometimes you get wins, and that's a really it's, it could fit all of these things. That's sustainable over time because there's always something. There's always a political thing happening, and you can always make fun of it. Yeah, so so maybe that's another column on the fictional sheet that we're talking about, mm -hmm. where you've got sustainability. And uh, you know, give it your own grade. Give it a one through five. I think it's really sustainable. I think it's not. Yeah, you know that. Kind and of thing. Uh, you know, so anyway, um, I'll just go ahead and read on what I wrote here. So, what can you do next year to get more work that's like the above? Yeah. And ultimately, the perfect scenario is you have a list of twenty orders, and um, Five of them were really enjoyable, maybe. Yeah. And four out of five were real, are really sustainable. And yeah. And you've got this like core list, yep. and you can start asking yourself some of these questions. Um, How did you get that customer? Yeah, that's great. So this is great because it points you towards the most successful marketing efforts, mm -hmm. right? Because if your marketing brings you your best customer, it's probably working. Yeah. Right. So that's great. And are there other people like them? that they know they can refer to you. Yeah, because remember, we're not talking about making these decisions or identifying these things just so you could do exactly the same thing with the same mm -hmm. people next year. You know, if you get one of those top profitable deals that you enjoyed and you realize it's from a marketing activity that yeah. you also really got into, then now you're refocusing your business and what you're gonna do next year. Mm -hmm. You know, and that's that's super important. Yeah, and it gives you something, it gives you like a clear and defined goal to work towards. Yep. Um, so when you're looking at, you know, how did they get, how'd you get the job? How can they refer you other people? If there's a particular niche that you worked in uh, and you made money on it, it was fun, you enjoyed it, it just hit everything and you know those customers keep coming back, how do you find more people just like them? Yeah. You know, and part of it is just asking your customers, you know, can you refer me to somebody else who's in your industry? Yeah, and at the, at the end of this, you know, I'm, I'm going to strongly recommend you guys go back and reevaluate your niche and look at some of our niche marketing. Mm -hmm. You know, um, listen to some of our niche marketing episodes because it may be that your 
you know, that you are reaffirming the niches that you already deal with, mm -hmm. or you may see somebody, a deal in the top 10 that's something completely different. Yeah. So you get the chance to idea. refocus. And uh, now another tricky thing that's going to happen to some folks is they're going to do this exercise and they're going to notice that the jobs maybe only came from one customer yeah, or maybe two. So that the jobs that were profitable, enjoyable, and sustainable um, only came from one customer. And that's hard. Yeah. I mean, that's nice that you have this great customer, yeah. uh, but you've got to figure out for next year, how are you going to find somebody that's just like that? Right. You know, or, or even better. And I would, I would make that a, a really high priority to do that because mm -hmm. you're really vulnerable if it's just yeah. one. So uh, next would, um, this kind of falls into that. Yep. Who were your best customers? Yeah. It's in that list. So in the list, you might have done a bunch of things, but within the list, actually, who were the best, who can you identify as the best customers? And, and I'm going to say, do the, do the 80, 20 thing mm -hmm. again, you know, I mean, mm -hmm through your deals and these categories that Mark's about to go through, you know, go back to that spreadsheet and take a look at the ones at the customers that were the most profitable. Yeah. So the previous exercise, we were looking at orders. Yes. And then now we're filtering it towards customers. So all the customer, all of their data combined, hopefully you've got some software to manage. Otherwise you're just going to be doing a bunch of calculator yeah. work. Uh, but what customer was the most profitable for so, you? So, you know, so I, I just want to give an example sure. of how to do that. So what we're talking about is you get um, one job from a skating, from a, uh, a, a dance school, mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. and it includes the warm-up outfits for the entire year, and it was $3,000. Mm -hmm. That was probably a great job. It was really profitable. Um, but you might have a smaller school that spent 500 bucks a month with you all year. Mm -hmm. So you end up with $6,000 instead of just the three from the yeah. other school. So now it's just a different way of looking at it. You're not looking at a job, you're looking at the customers. Correct. And, and you, so you might see in this list that um, the customer who spends 500 a month with you, they might not have made it onto your best job list because mm -hmm. all of their jobs were, were 500 and maybe you know your average is closer to 1,000. Yeah. So, however, when you create a best customer list, you realize now they're in, they're in the top. Right. Because they're, even though their orders aren't necessarily really big every time, their orders are consistent every yeah, time. Yeah, sustainable. So, um, when you look at your best customers, you want to look at, you know, which customers made you the most money. Yeah. You know, um, that's really important to look, like, to look at. Uh, which customers were effortless. Yeah, the least amount of, I don't want to say trouble. Mm-hmm. But I'll say trouble, yeah. the least amount of trouble to do business with, mm -hmm. um, you know, and that goes from everything from dealing with them personally to uh, to the types of products that you're making. Yeah. You know, if it's if it's if they're oddball products every time, then it's going to be a lot of effort. Yeah, you know, to maintain if they're ordering customer. kind of the same thing and you know how to do it and they pay on time and they don't give you you know a bunch of trouble if there's you know, for whatever th thing yeah. they're going to make up. You yeah. know, there was a loose stitch in the corner of this. Yeah, hat. yeah. Okay, we'll cut it with a pair of scissors. No, <laughs> I need a whole new one. You yeah. Know? <laughs> um, I watched a video the other day. Okay. Kind of funny. It just made me think about this. So I'll share the story with you guys. Sure. It's this guy who... Um, he does like these crazy elaborate puzzles that he buys on the internet, you know, for like thousands of dollars and he okay. undoes them. You know, it's, it's kind of, it's a weird thing, but it's kind of interesting. But anyway, he's a magician and he came up with a deck of cards and in the deck of cards, he had two four spades because it was a magician's deck. 
So this way okay. you could do magic with this one four of spades and then it's still in the deck. Oh, so he said that he had do. a customer call him up because his deck had an extra four of spades in it and he wanted to get a new deck sent to him. <laughs> he didn't want to throw away the extra yeah, four no, of spades. He wanted, he just, he wanted a whole new deck. deck. <laughs> it was so, a defective um, deck. It had too many things. That would be the opposite of what an effortless I like that. Is. That is a good example <laughs> and, uh, of opposites. You're going to deal with that, right? Yeah. Um, so try to think about that. Which customers were easy to deal with? Of your best customers. Yeah. You know, so right, of right, your right. best customers, which we're going to deal with. And then also um, that you like them. Yeah. I think that's a great thing. It, it, it is. Now, luckily... We like 99.9% .9 of our customers. Yeah, it's a wonderful thing. Right? So much much easier than other businesses out we, there. We're excited to take the phone calls and get the emails. It's yeah. not like, oh, no, it's this guy again. Yeah. If that's the way you feel about somebody, then you should put a little star by their name mm -hmm. and make sure not to market to them again this year. Yeah, <laughs> and uh, if, you, if they're profitable and they're easy to do business with and you like them... Um, and then another one is that, that they refer you other customers. Boy. So, yeah. These are all things that make a customer valuable. Yeah. You're, you're building the ideal customer. Yeah. Right? You're, you're building the ideal customer. And so what do you do? You know, again, you take a look at the profile of this customer. Right. You, are they from a certain niche? In, uh, in marketing speak, you know, you, you make them into a customer avatar, mm -hmm. right? Which is kind of an, like an archetype or an example of the customer of of who you want to do business with mm -hmm. right mm -hmm. so if you're if this person is a high school football coach that does all the purchasing for the team and for the fan club and they're 45 years old and they you know live in a townhouse and mm -hmm. they drive a toyota you know like what whatever that person's um life looks like mm -hmm. Um, you want to find somebody just like that. Yeah, right. and and also you want to look at them as a whole and try to put together what all of them have in common because you might have mm -hmm. 10 of these people, 10 of these yeah. customers, and you have to look at them as a whole. And it might be very, very obvious. These are all... Um, you know, these are all uh, service-based companies. Yeah. So they're all AC companies and plumbing companies and, and local stuff like that. They're like all within five companies. miles of my business. Yeah. Uh, they're, yeah they're all close by service-based companies and they have um, between 10 and 20 employees. Yeah. You know, that could be how you're looking at these. So you want to look at them individually and kind of have some individual avatars, but then you also want to look at it together as what do all of these have in common? Yeah. And you got to do your best to figure out, they all do have something in common. It might right. be hard to see what it is. So you got to kind of dig around. They, they found you, you yeah, know, it they could, found it, you. it could be the, you know, everything from, you know, the marketing that you did that they responded to. Mm -hmm. So they all responded to this particular kind of marketing. They yeah. were all at this market. They all are within five miles of your business. They all live in your town. They all join, you know, are in the Elks Club. Yeah, they, you know, oh, whatever yeah. it oh, is. They all they all have kids that go to your your kids' high school. Yeah, um, it could be they all got you from that. My favorite thing is the little advertisement on the menu at the diner. <laughs> Maybe they got that. <laughs> that is that is a winner. I just really think that you know if you have a little T-shirt shop, that that's a spot to do it right there. I I know you think it that. costs like it can't cost but like ten bucks. I, I find it uh, <laughs> I find it remarkable that you think that's true. 
That is a 50% um, recommendation from the host of the CAS podcast. No, but but whatever it is, I guess yeah. the joking is like the point is is just to look at it was it where they came from? Are they part of a specific niche? Right. Um, did you go out and actually physically find these customers? That might be it too. It might be that when you kind of did um, knocking on doors right. and handing out business cards and flyers and samples and stuff like that, that all of these customers came from that. Yeah. Whatever it is, you kind of want, you want to look at how to replicate that next year and yeah. how to do more of that. If you spent um, a certain amount of time knocking on doors or a yep. certain amount of money advertising on placemats, yes. um, you would increase those. Yeah, so so I mean, I'm, <clears throat> I'm imagining that spreadsheet again, that yep. worksheet, you know, where now you've got uh, what marketing, you know, what was the lead source mm -hmm. for, your, uh, for your sale, you know, uh, maybe um, what, what niche market are they a mm -hmm. part of? Where mm -hmm. do they live? You know, and look for those commonalities that way. Yeah, and and it's great if you can do this exercise well and actually get an answer, which yeah. sometimes it, it's going to be harder than others, as I mentioned. Yep. Sometimes finding kind of what they have in common and what niche you know they are um, comes into play. So, and you need to look at everything, like you mentioned, age, mm -hmm. the area of town. That Why they did you live look at in. me when you said age? Yeah, well, because you said I think a forty-five-year-old <sighs> Toyota driver. Okay, guy. sure. Okay. Who owns a townhouse? Yeah, um, I was listening. I'm I'm seventy five percent of those. <laughs> um, uh, all right, good then. So um, the next next thing to talk about. I I like what you and I want to differentiate something here oh, because sure. a lot of the things that we talk about are very close to each other, mm -hmm. right? Mm -hmm. So this one that you put is what did you enjoy doing the most? Um, this isn't the necessarily the. Um, the types of jobs you enjoyed doing, mm -hmm. although that's included, the products you liked working with, or the people that you liked working with. These are the activities that you must do to run your business. Mm -hmm. Which ones did you take to the best? Yeah. Right? And the first one you've got here is um, a reminder that said part of the health of your business is more than money, it's about living your dream. Yeah. Right? Cold Essie slogan, achieving dreams. Yeah. You that's know, that's what, what we're doing. Everybody that we talk to that is purchasing a piece of equipment, yeah. if it's a small business owner, which is probably who's listening to yep. this, you know, um, then they've got a reason why they've started this. It's hardly hardly ever the first thing out of their mouth, their mouth is to make a boatload of money. Yeah, yeah, that's, and that's you know, it, not the first it's thing. It's not. Um, it might be to get some financial independence, yeah. which is about money, but it was, I'm it's sick different. of working for companies that have been laid off, I want to be in control of my own destiny. Yeah. Uh, it might be that I want to be able to do more stuff with my kids. I'm sick of commuting. I'm, I'm, I'm retiring mm -hmm. and I really want to do something fun and exciting with my retirement yeah. years. Yeah, I want know? to build something to leave to my kids yep. because right now I feel like I'm just putting money in 401k and I have to use that for my retirement. I want to build something real. Right. I want to teach my kids to do something. So these are all things that people talk about. So when you talk about what you enjoy doing most, you have to look back at that original dream you had Yeah. And and figure is what did you do that was achieving that dream and that right. made you feel good about going towards continuing it because some folks listening to this and some folks who used to listen to this gave up yeah because they and probably never did an exercise like this right it's true and you know I mean maybe maybe something just looking back over the year is that some of your bigger jobs were vinyl jobs mm -hmm. and you hated weeding 
200 jackets and yeah. small text with names. Yeah. You know, maybe you just, you hated that. You look back on it and that's the part that made you almost stop. Yeah. You know, or maybe it's forcing yourself to um, introduce yourself to someone and tell them what you do for a living. Yeah. You know, maybe that's what really um, you hated. Maybe you loved each one of those things. Yeah. Like your favorite thing is to really get into the nitty gritty and make something with your hands. So the weeding the vinyl and yeah. applying, you know, all that stuff is great. Maybe you like the mechanical stuff of, I really like to work with machines and run screen printing mm -hmm. presses, or I like doing design work. You know, those are all great ways to spend your time if you think that they're great ways to spend yeah. your time. Yeah, and, and I watched, um I watched this show, gosh, I wish I could remember the name of it, but it was about being happy, mm -hmm. basically. And they interviewed a bunch of people, and this one guy that they interviewed was um, a, a griddle burger cook at this small restaurant in a small town. Yeah, okay. And he's kind of like known famous around that he's like one of the happiest dudes around. And he, obviously he doesn't make a ton of money, right. but he loves getting in there. You know, that's okay. kind of like weeding the vinyl. Like yeah. just, they showed a video of him doing it. He's literally just making, flipping. That's all he's doing yeah. is flipping stuff. And then eventually every once in a while he flips stuff and he puts it on a bun and then someone else takes it away and put and decorates it. Wow. And that's all he did all day and he loved it. Yeah. So um, there's no shame in, in, in loving something that maybe other people don't love too. So if yeah. you love weeding the vinyl and that's kind of like a zen thing for you, figure out a way for you to do that more and give yeah. the things that you don't like doing to somebody else. It's like our episode on the E-Myth book. Yeah. You know, mm -hmm. really what you're doing is you're dividing up your business into individual jobs that you do. Mm -hmm. If it's sales, it's, if it's production, if it's bookkeeping, if it's follow-up, if it's advertising, whatever those sections are, all businesses have to do it. Which ones last year did you really love? Which was the one you hated? And spend 2020 trying to do less of one yeah. and more of the others. Yeah, and, and then I would flip it, uh, on, flip it over a little bit on you too. Because okay. this is a great time to do some kind of self-evaluation and look at yourself internally a little bit. And you had mentioned like you hated introducing yourself at, at events. I mean, I don't. Well, yeah, but, yeah. well, you you No, don't. I do. You do. I you do. do. I do you, hate yeah, it. Yeah, you hate it, but you kind of like it at the same time. So you're on, you're on a balance there. Mm. <laughs> but uh, you might hate that about yourself that, uh, that, I'm sorry, you might not like it, but you also might not like that you don't like it. Yeah, you wish and you, you liked to it fix more. It, right. And you would like to fix it. So in this list, if there's something that you don't like doing, maybe introducing yourself to people. Yep. So is there something you can do to help get past that? Right. Maybe it's just force yourself to do it more. Um, maybe you go to, maybe if you have a really bad fear of it, you, I mean. Take uh, a class. Yeah, or go to a counselor and say, yeah. I have a fear of this, and maybe you could have somebody help you get past this fear. Join, join, join Toastmasters. Join the Toastmasters, yeah. So if there's something that you can do to fix your, yourself too, that's going to be healthy for your business. If it's weeding the vinyl because you don't have the patience, yeah. maybe, maybe if you could improve some of your patience, right. that might help your business in other ways too. Okay. So there's a lot of... That's the, good. The, I like so that. you, you have to find what are the things that you don't like about yourself that you want to improve because you don't like it? And what yeah. are the things that you just don't really like doing and that's perfectly fine 
it's I'm still healthy because I don't like it. Yeah. I'm gonna pay somebody to do it or or I'm gonna divvy up jobs between my partner and I. I, I like that. Mm -hmm. And in the next section too is something that I appreciate you put down here, which is what skill did you master the most? Is there something in particular you had had in mind no. when you okay. Didn't have anything in mind. <laughs> um, I would I say I feel like there's there's some skills there's that you so, mastered this year. There's that, always something, right? But if you um, if you just started listening to this podcast this year and you took the time of going online and kind of doing the Google My Business and Bing Places, yeah. and Facebook, and you just started reading about it, learning it, practicing it, trying it, and you saw your phone ringing more and you saw people interacting with you more, um, or you started to kind of see the light on something like that, um, you need to kind of evaluate what you things like that you did over the year and kind of take note yeah. that you have accomplished something yeah. more than just selling and making shirts. Right. And that, I think that's also part of the healthier your, business. Your, your um, life as a business person, your skill set is improving mm -hmm. over time. Mm -hmm. You should recognize that and do more. Yeah, yeah. So if you, so then it's kind of, um, is this a skill that you're that you're excelling in? Yeah. That you can take to the next level. So if you're getting the whole online thing and website and social media, can you do more with that? Maybe you step mm -hmm. into paid advertising on it, or maybe you step into running a niche Facebook group, or a step into really trying to. Um, have your account be a little bit of a social influencer type of account yeah. where you're building followers for, for some sort of a goal. Take, take advantage of your successes. Yeah, take advantage yeah. of your success and go for it. Um, and then the other thing is maybe you've kind of, you, you feel you kind of hit a wall or, or you're not going to go any further with what you've learned. Okay. You know, maybe it's just you were trying to master getting really good at embroidery. And now you are. Right. right. And, uh, but for the most part, you make logos. So how much further are you going to go at making logos look better on yeah. shirts and hats? Right. You kinda, you're there. So now what, is, what else can, what can you learn next? Right. You've got to put something on a goal. So you need to have financial goals, but you also need to have kind of these business personal goals for you as a business owner and, and then also for your business as a whole. Yeah. Um, and I think that's a part of it too is um, – Maybe if your business is, you know, four people, you know, small little business yeah. with four people okay. in it, what is your whole business good at? Embroidery. What did, were we not so good at? Um, embroidering caps. Okay. So as a business as a whole, maybe it's not you doing the embroidery. Yeah. But you have to figure out how to get, because that's going to get. How do you get better? You know, don't just, don't just give up and don't just cuss at something yeah. <laughs> for, for 2022, figure out how to well, get Well, what you could do is you could just call up the uh, support reps and cuss at them. Yeah, you can <laughs> at your peril. Okay, so I like this. What sales and marketing tactics worked? And I just want to point out that in none of these examples okay. do you mes mention ads on placemats. <laughs> so... <laughs> Well, it's, so I, I, uh, you don't have to defend it. I'm just right. going to point it out that it did not come you're, to mind. You're right. So you're calling me out. That but you did put, did you put an ad in a school paper that got lots of yeah. calls? Yeah, that's never happened. But that is <laughs> a good example of something that in some other parallel universe might have happened. <laughs> but no, seriously, if you, if you, it's, it's an example, you know, did you know, go knocking on doors to drum up business? Did you do some kind of local advertising? Yeah. Um, that, that brought business? Did you, like you said before, did you tweak your Google Maps and Bing Places that brought business? Mm -hmm. You know, all of that, um, you know, if you are making those lists of things that worked, 
make sure they're on them. You know, take a look at what you got better at, what brought more leads in. Compare that to your top customers, your favorite customers, your um, most profitable customers, your best products, and you'll see little highlights start to pop out. Like when I do this kind of advertising in this spot, I get these great customers that make me more money. You know, and、mm -hmm. as you connect those together, you know, those really the more circles that you make or the boxes that you tick. Um, the more focused you can be for next year,、mm -hmm. and this is an important reason to have、um, in your whatever software you're using to track your customers and orders. Yes, to have kind of a,、um, a referral or source answer to every customer. Yeah, to as best as you can in there. So if the source was a call in from Google, you know, and all the time you'll hear it, you hear. Um, small business owners say, "How'd you hear about us?" Yeah, you know, I'm、um, going to a new restaurant. How'd you hear about us? You know, I,、um, I switched to the the person who was cutting my hair. Right.、Um, I made two switches in a row. Okay. Both of them asked me, "How'd you hear about me?" Okay. You know,、cool. so and it's because they're trying to take note. They might not be writing it down, which they should. Yeah. But、um, you should be taking a note to say, "How are you?" This way, you can go back and you know. Was it a local print ad? Was、yeah. it from knocking on doors? Was it all referral business? Now, on a more sophisticated level,、mm -hmm. what、um, Coldesi does is, whenever you fill out a form on any of our websites,、um, it generates a lead source in our、uh, CRM software, in、mm -hmm. our customer management software. Whenever you click on an ad, it addresses a different lead source. So we know when you come into our system if you clicked on a particular ad. What the product is that you're interested、mm -hmm. in, you know, we collect your phone number and your email address, and we get kind of a little mini history of how you found us.、Mm -hmm. You know, even if you click to call, so、um, and that helps us, you know, market to you guys better. It helps us narrow down the customers that we want to do business、mm -hmm. with, and the things that work best. And, and the you, type of information that we create for our customers. Like this, yeah. Since we know some profiles of our customer, we know a, a kind of a startup business podcast is、right. a good idea, and、uh, you're going to find things like that for your business as well. Where you're going to realize these are things I could focus on and do. Yep.、Um, if you're starting to put together a profile of what marketing works for your business, you might find that giving out samples really helped. Yeah. You know, and so now you get to think of what samples can I make for next year. That will impress people like the ones I did last year, stuff like that. Oh, here's some inside baseball. Okay, is the you folks that have gotten a、uh, that were interested or have purchased a digital heat effects or a DTG mm -hmm. printer? Mm -hmm.、um, whether or not you received the sample has nothing to do with whether or not you actually bought the printer.、Mm, interesting. Yeah. So knowing things like that can be the key to slightly more profitable business. Yeah.、Okay. Yeah, and it's also about. That、um, the job of somebody selling is not to、uh, push to get a sample in somebody's hands. Right. That's、Because、not the most important thing. That's not necessarily、thing. why people are, are are making a decision. Yeah. They want there. Maybe it's more just on the education side. They want to see a bunch of videos, read a bunch of articles, ask a bunch of questions. Yep. And then they make their conclusion that way. And、uh, it's just interesting to think about all that. So、um, the next thing. This was for you. Uh, was to look at your eighty twenty rule, which was kind、yeah. of what we talked about a bit above. Yes, but、um, this is now I, what I envision this just as a whole. Yeah, you know.、Um, so generally speaking, you know, it's kind of 
what did they say, 20% of your customers might bring in 80% of your income. Yep. And um, take a look at your numbers. And I just think it's interesting to find out if that's true or not. I, I would say that um, I would challenge everybody to do that. Yeah. Because it's unless you are strictly in the one-off business, mm -hmm. you know, then um, then I'm pretty sure it will be true. It'll be really close. It'll be close. It'll be close. And it's gonna and it's interesting to kind of um, learn that about your business. It also talks a little bit to the health of your business because that's that is a relatively healthy space to be in. Too. Yeah. So. Um, not saying if it's if your business model is off from that, but over time it probably will get closer to it over time sure. as well. So you might be, you know, kind of fifty fifty right now, you know, because you're new in business, you don't have that many orders. Yep, you could but be. You keep track of this stuff over time. Yeah, because you, know? you may you may find a um, you know kind of a, a golden ticket in there where eighty percent of your profit came from twenty percent of your orders, and those were all bling, mm -hmm. you know, or eighty percent of your Profit came from you know literally from twenty percent of your customers, and it's only ten people. Yeah. So now you you know where to focus your efforts. Yeah. Right. And that, so what do you do with that information? Yeah. You, um, it, can you get deeper into those accounts? The, yeah. That top twenty percent. Yeah. Uh, can you do more for them? We've talked about that in other episodes. So can you start selling them promotional items, or is, is there another piece of equipment that you've been thinking about getting into investing in because you want to offer this service to them as yeah. well? Um, or have you been outsourcing something? And if you realize that you that this twenty percent of your business is transfers, yep, and you've been outsourcing and you're spending, you know, uh, eight dollars transfer on average, mm -hmm. that if you bring it in house, you would spend four dollars a transfer, yeah. And now all of a sudden, you know, you that you're, you're making a lot more money, moving the number yeah, up, yeah, absolutely. You know, so it helps you to make those decisions and. Again, this is another thing that there's not like a real formula of what you're going to learn when you get into that into those numbers. Yeah, no, and we're we're constantly surprised. Yeah, you know, I mean, Mark's got some sophisticated software on the e-commerce side that that you can pull whatever information you want at any time that you would like, and almost every time we do it, we learn something. Yeah, new. you learn something new. So I think it's great to do this. Look at you know, just look at. 20% of your customers, 20% of your income, just 20% uh, of your profits, your um, what type of apparel decoration you did, and figure out are there ways that you can make more money with these, yep. or are there ways you can expand to sell more, to more of these customers. Yep. You know, so like insourcing um, the transfers might be one. Um, if you have a certain certain customers that you've sold to that are really good in that top 20%, go find more of those people like yeah. that. Or ask, yeah. or like we mentioned earlier, get, ask for referrals from them. Right. Remember, the purpose isn't just to, the purpose of the exercise isn't actually just to gather this information. The purpose of the exercise is to use what you found to make your business that much better in 2020 without expending twice as much effort yeah. to do it. And what I would recommend doing is, this is something I've done, uh, I don't even know how many times, look at the information once you gather it all. And at first it might just be, I, I got nothing. You know, I did something, I don't see anything. Yeah. Uh, look at it again later on. <laughs> yeah. Look at it again. Keep looking at it and then eventually you know, it's like uh, in the Da Vinci Code where he's like, where yeah. he, like, he, oh. can, he decodes things. Yeah. You know, it's like the Matrix. All of a sudden, like something comes out, mm -hmm. and then you know, and then you then you start tacking things on the wall and putting strings. 
you know, <laughs> something like that. And then um, the police are breaking down the door. <laughs> yeah, well, I don't know what you, what happened between now and then, but try to not get, go that far. Yeah, okay. Uh, yeah. But anyway, what's going to happen is when you look at this information a lot, you are going to start to notice some different things yeah. about, um, you know what, all of these customers right here, you know, they're all female business owners, and they all... Um, they all they all actually go to the same church that my cousin goes to. Yeah, you know, I, what, that's interesting. Yeah, you know, and then you realize that they're part of a group together, and your name came up in the group. You know, and so maybe you can go ahead and, and say if they go out to lunch in this little group together, maybe you can get invited and get more customers. That's, like like that's you'll awesome. find something yeah. interesting. Yeah, I I agree. So I think that there there's a lot here. I really encourage you, Mark. Mark and I both go through. Um, go through this kind of exercise um, constantly, not just every year. Mm -hmm. But I think a year is a great time to do it. Um, I'd encourage you to use um, information and not your memory. You yeah. know, make sure you use as much data as possible. Rely on your memory as little as possible. And um, in order to facilitate this, you know, we've got a uh, we've got a download of a 2019 recap checklist that we're going to put in the show notes. Mm -hmm. So um, it's mostly similar to everything that you've heard us talk about so far. It's just a little reminder you can yeah. put up. If you're not ready to do it now, as soon as you are, you can just reach over and grab it and get started. Yeah, that's great. And I think that this this list, the way you've put it together, works um, for no matter how small you are. Yeah. As long okay. as you've done like more than like one or two orders. <laughs> That's great. Um, you know, if you've done like two orders, I think you've got a grasp of the numbers so far. Okay. But um, if you've done a very small amount of orders and you think, I'm too small to do this. I don't yeah. have averages. All of my orders fit on a sheet of paper, Mark. Perfect. You know, <laughs> That's then, perfect. Yeah, great. Look at that. Yeah. Look at that sheet and, and figure out the answers for every one of those orders, even if it seems really obvious. You know, just yeah. go through the exercise because then you're going to do it next year. And because you listen to this podcast and you do all these wonderful things for your business and you work so hard, you're going to do better next year. And you're going to remember doing this exercise and how much better it is this year. Yeah. All that great stuff. So I love it. All right, everybody. I think that that is it for this episode of the podcast. And... Um, this yeah. has been Mark Stevenson from Coldessi. And Mark Vila from Coldessi and cool. Coleman and Company. And Coldessi Graphics. <laughs> and Coldessi Graphics. Check that out. Yeah, it's, absolutely. All right, that was a great ending. <laughs> Bye, everybody. Have a good business.